You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. ...of surgery that they did uh, on this girl, and so just be in prayer for little Jenny if you would. And then just uh, thinking about this morning, Mr. Brown was sharing with everybody how uh, she woke up and she said, I love my church, and then she started singing, in ICU. You know what? I wake up with a cold and I'm not singing. You know, it's, it's amazing uh, here, just, just a, a young girl, but she's got a love for the Lord and she understands this thing about joy and definitely challenging for all of us. All right, keep your Bibles out here, Ephesians chapter number four here. And, uh, you know, just uh, time's sake, uh, we're just going to read a couple of the verses, but look again with me, verse number 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You know, the Lord has a plan. He has a plan. God and His sovereignty knows what's going on in our world. He knows what's not only going on in our world around us, He knows what's going on in my world. He knows what's going on in your world, and it's different. We, under, we understand that there's, there's tragedy around the globe. We understand that there are problems in our country, but though those somehow impact us, they don't impact us as much as the issues that are going on in my life, in my world, in my family, in my marriage. You know, and as we, we look at this, we recognize that God in His sovereignty has a, he has a plan, a plan for this universe, a plan for the world. He has a plan for His creation. He has a plan for His cause. He has a plan for His church. And not only does He have a plan, He has given us His plan. We don't have to guess about it. Aren't you thankful for that? I am so thankful that we're not just having to guess. I'm so thankful as a pastor that I'm not just saying, okay, well. Unfortunately, that's how sometimes we live. But God has given us a plan. He has, he has laid out some guidelines for our life. He has given direction. He has given a focus. And with that, it helps us to get pointed the right way. I don't know about you, but I can get distracted. I can get a little off, off point. But God and His Word and Mrs. Brown sort of smacked me back into in the line. You know, and in our, in our lives, we want to fulfill God's plan. You know, God is not wondering how, fill in the blank. God's not wondering what. He's not wondering if. All of the questions that seem to bother us, God's not bothered. 
He's confident. He knows exactly what he's going to do. He knows exactly what's going to happen. Our existence and our purpose has been planned before we were ever conceived. Before we were ever born, before we were ever known or thought of, God has a plan. There are no unknowns with God. There are no accidents with God. There are no unwanted lives with God. No matter what the circumstances, we are on God's timeline. We are in God's plan. And that's pretty amazing to think that God would even care about me. Now, in the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians, we find that these first three chapters are all dealing with doctrine. The last three chapters are dealing with duty. Uh, so, uh, the first three are dealing with the wealth of the believer, the doctrines, all that God has given us, the knowledge, the truth, the direction. And then the second half is giving us the walk of the believer. So, we have uh, the doctrine and, and the duty. Uh, we can call it the wealth and we can call it the walk. Uh, Warren Wiersbe put it this way He said, The Christian life is not based on ignorance, but knowledge. And the better we understand Bible doctrine, the easier it is to obey the Bible duties. And, you know, uh, with the Old Testament Jews, uh, God told them, if you obey me, I will bless you. You know, in the New Testament, it's not that way. In the New Testament, I have already blessed you, now obey me because I have. There's a difference. Uh, God has already uh, done us well. God has already been gracious to us. So in response to God's love, in response to God's grace, and be, in response to God's goodness and blessings in our life, we are to obey Him. So uh, God then created uh, us, and He has a plan, and God not only wants to, uh, has a plan, He wants us to understand that plan, and with that, He has manifested Himself in His creation, He has manifested Himself in His charge, the Word of God, and then He has manifested Himself uh, in the believer, the Christian, and of course, His purpose through the church. And here, I want you to look with me, verse number 11, and that's our text tonight, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. He said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists uh, and some pastors and teachers. Uh, tonight, I want to speak to you on the subject, he gave. He gave. And uh, that's the title of the message tonight. Uh, Father, I pray that you'd bless now. We've had a blessed service so far. And Lord, we could sit down and uh, we could even leave at this point and already having our minds uh, challenged just by the singing, the, uh, the presentation of, uh, of this ministry. Uh, Lord, we, we have been able to uh, give to you. We've been able to worship you in song. Uh, but now, Lord, as we do open the Word of God, I pray that you would just take it and use it in our life uh, from, the, from the youngest one here in the auditorium to the oldest one, to the one that is watching live stream in their home, uh, on their couch or in a chair. I pray that each of us would just be attentive uh, to the preaching and teaching of your Word tonight. And may you just grow us, please, for Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. God is a given God. 
Uh, in verse number 7, we see God's grace, God giving uh, grace. Uh, we see the gift of God's Son. Uh, we see that uh, God also gave God's men in verse number 11. And tonight I just want to uh, thank the Lord for, in my own life, for the men of God that God has placed in my life. Uh, the people that He has used uh, for me to get saved. The, the people that He used in our family uh, to be able to uh, teach and guide and preach and, and just uh, open up the Word of God and, uh, and to be those mentors uh, in our lives. And, you know, there, there is no such thing as a self-made person. Uh, every one of us are here tonight, and there are people that have sacrificed to get us to where we are. Uh, there are people who have invested in us. And, you know, uh, sometimes we look around and say, well, you know, they're no, they're no longer in church. Well, don't negate all the good because of the condition now. Uh, you know, you're, st you're still blessed. Uh, whether or not they stay where they're supposed to stay, uh, whether they change, whether they uh, quit, uh, whether they are sidelined, uh, that, doesn't, that does not negate the impact that they have already had in your life. Uh, but here he said in verse number 11, and he gave some. And we're going to look through here at these, uh, uh, these titles, these positions uh, tonight. Uh, first of all, we see that he gave apostles. Now, an apostle is an envoy. It is the sent one. Uh, that has been uh, called and commissioned. Uh, they had to physically see the Savior. And so uh, this, this uh, office of apostles, though there are still some that call themselves apostles, but they are not. Uh, the office of the apostle has, has ended with the apostle Paul. And he was the last apostle called out of due season. And uh, Paul was the last of the apostles. Uh, then we see the prophets here. Now, in the Old Testament, when we looked at the prophets, uh, many of them were foretelling, uh, even to the extent of communicating the revelation of God's Word. God would communicate to them, and they, in turn, would directly communicate to God. Uh, now, that is no longer in effect. The canon has been closed. The revelation of God's Word has been finished, and there is no more Word being revealed. And so, uh, the Old Testament sense of the prophets is no longer uh, the case. But in the New Testament, we do see that the word prophet is used, and uh, that word uh, prophet uh, is, is a word that uh, someone who speaks on behalf uh, of another uh, or on behalf of the Lord. And, and you know, God needs a mouthpiece, and sometimes He uses men. Uh, we even see that uh, there are prophetesses, uh, there are ladies that God uses, and many times the ladies uh, are better at communicating God than uh, us men. Uh, but uh, here we, we see that, uh, that office of prophet. Uh, he goes on and he says evangelist. Uh, now, some say that the evangelist is the same thing as a, minister, uh, as a missionary, uh, but uh, uh, with that, you just know that they are going, uh, they are communicating uh, the gospel, uh, and the word, uh, the word evangelist is, is used only three times in, in the uh, New Testament, but the, uh, 
the word, the root word, uh, is revealed uh, the message and the, the mission of the uh, evangelist. Uh, it's the word evangelion, and, and that is the same word that we get gospel from, good news from, and that is uh, used 136 times. So uh, that root word that is used for evangelist is, is translated gospel uh, 77 times in the, in the Bible, uh, 50 time, 55 times in it is mentioned as proclaiming the gospel. Three times it's translated evangelist. And one time it is to proclaim the good news uh, in advance. And so uh, it, is, it is all revolving around uh, evangelist, evangelism, good news. And so we have the evangelist. And God sends us evangelists, all right? We have Brother McCurry uh, here tonight as an evangelist. Uh, then we have pastors and teachers. Uh, the word pastor is the Greek word poimen, and it means shepherd, uh, translated pastor as well. And the pastor leads, and the pastor feeds, and the pastor protects the flock. And that is uh, the direction there uh, that God has given. But he also ties the word pastors and teachers together. Uh, in Timothy, uh, first and second Timothy, the Bible talks about the pastor having to be apt to teach, uh, being able to be able to take and to teach the Word of God. And uh, without that ability to teach, then they're not going to be able to fulfill the call that God has for them. They need to be apt to teach. And so the word didaskalos is the word teacher uh, here as we look at that. And it's used 55 times in the Bible. Uh, it's it's uh, translated master. It's translated uh, teacher. It's translated uh, instructor. And it's also translated as doctor. Now, that is the closest I will ever get to a doctorate. Uh, and so uh, here we see, though, that uh, these, these uh, titles, these positions are given. And God is giving these for a reason. Remember, we go back to the beginning of the message. God has a plan. God has a plan. He has a job that He wants to accomplish. And God in His sovereignty is going to figure out not only what direction He is going to go and what he, direction He wants us to go, but He has a plan on how He is going to get us there. And if we are going to get where God wants us to be, then we've got to make sure that we're on board, that we are following the plan that God has. So uh, Ephesians, uh, as I said, we see the first three books dealing with doctrine, the second three books dealing with duty. Uh, we could also say the first three are dealing with policy, the second three uh, chapters are dealing with procedures or practical application. So with that, God gave the church apostles. He gave them prophets. He gave them the church evangelists. He has given pastors and he's te given teachers, but why? Why did he give all of these different offices? Why did God give these different uh, ministries or uh, these different gifts, these different callings? Uh, could not they all just do the same job? But God in his sovereignty had a different direction. He knew that each one was necessary so he gave these, why? Verse number 12, Ephesians 4, 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying 
of the body of Christ. And so we're going to look at this here as we're going to break down these verses, and then I uh, will have some practical application at the end. So we're just going to sort of go to school a little bit tonight, if you don't mind. All right, so number one, I want you to see why did the Lord give? He gave, why? Number one, for the perfecting. The perfecting of the saints. Now the word perfecting here is the word that we get equipping from. Uh, That is what the definition is. It is the definition saying the bringing of someone to completion. So uh, oftentimes when we think about perfecting, we think about the word maturity. And God is saying, I am giving all of these, not just one, not just the pastor and the teacher, not just the apostles, not just the prophets or the evangelists. I am giving all of these to the church for the perfecting of the saints, the equipping, bringing someone to completion. Uh, It is to make adequate, it is to furnish completely, to cause to be fully qualified. You know what? Our theme this year is building up you. You know why? We need to be built up in our own faith. You know why? So we can be equipped. So we can be fully uh, uh, qualified to accomplish the God, God's plan for our life. So we can carry out the mission uh, of the believer. The Lord came to seek and to save that which was lost. And we can't get away from the Great Commission uh, as a Christian. Uh, as Brother Micah mentioned about uh, who, who is it that passes out tracts? People that carry them. Uh, and you know, we can't get away from that. Uh, probably a person that passes the most tracts out here is Mrs. Cole. I mean, she is passing them out everywhere. But you know what? It ought not just be a 110-year-old lady that's passing out tracks. Well, she's not quite there. But, uh, but she passes out tracks everywhere. You know, that should, not, that should challenge all of us. It should challenge us to uh, stay in line uh, with that, the, the, the mission. Uh, but the mission, the reason God gave all of these offices of ministry were for the perfecting, the equipping uh, of the saints, the perfecting. Secondly, we see that God gave them uh, was not just for the perfecting of the saints, but it was for the work of the ministry. So, I, so secondly, it's for performing. It is so the saints will not only be perfected, but that the saints will also perform. You know, God's plan is for you and me to be busy. God's plan is for us to be engaged. Not just knowledgeable. Not just to where we have got the information in our mind. God says, listen, I am giving you pastors. I am giving you evangelists. I'm giving you teachers. I'm giving you the the apostles. Uh, I gave these all to you uh, so you can do the work of the ministry. So we can have the perfecting of the saints uh, for uh, for the work of the ministry. Now, the word work there is an amazing word. You know what it means in the Greek? It means work. You know, the Christian life is not lazy. The Christian life is not apathetic. Don't get quiet on me on that word right there. The Christian life is not apathetic. 
The Christian life is a life that is engaged with the cause of Christ. And, and God said, listen, I've given you these men. I've given you these ministries so the, the believer can be perfected, so they can be equipped, so they can be fully uh, adequate to accomplish the job that they need to do, so they can fulfill the work of the ministry, so they can perform the work of the ministry. It is translated work, deed, action, task, matter, undertaking, thing. You say, pastor, what is that? Thing. Anything else that the pastor comes up for with the New Testament church? Uh, you know, uh, we're always looking for something to do to be able to get another hook in the water to try to reach somebody for Christ. And so the Lord said, you know what, I'm going to give you just the, uh, the work of the ministry. I'm not going to tell you exactly every aspect. Part of it's just going to be thing, something that's going to be able to reach somebody for the Lord. Uh, it is also translated as occupation. So for the work of the ministry, the word ministry there is the word service. Uh, it is work done by one or another for the benefit of someone else. The work of the ministry is not for me. Let's say that together. The work of the ministry is not for me. Let's say that again. The work of the ministry is not for me. Let's say it again. The work of the ministry is not for me. Over the years, we'll have people that will come in. I remember when we were just a few of us here on a Sunday morning. I preached to about 25 people and uh, 35 people maybe. And, and we, would, we would look in the auditorium. And uh, this is an awful big auditorium. And we had all. Uh, uh, chairs everywhere. Uh, it, was, it was pretty amazing. I think the first week, uh, Brother Rick and I uh, pulled out about 90 chairs, uh, and it was just like, it's like, what are you doing? It's like, we got to get all these chairs out of here. There's, we don't have any people to fill them yet. And, and I remember people would come in, and they say, okay, well, what, what kind of ministry do you have for the children, and what kind of ministry do you have for the single saints, and uh, what kind of ministry do you have for the, the music, and the choir, and the specials, and uh, we didn't have anything. We had Brother Lanning and Brother Josiah with the guitar. You remember that? We are so blessed. I mean, our music ministry... I mean, I'm thankful for those that were engaged in playing a part. And uh, Rachel was, uh, and Jonathan, they were trying to play the piano and do uh, congregational singing. But uh, it, it was not what we have now, that's for sure. But I, but I remember people were coming in and it's like, well, what do you have for me? And, and, and the, the mindset of so many believers is, I'm going to go to a church where I get fed, where I get what I need. Let me tell you something. God did not set church up for us just to get. God, God gave us the church, and with the church, he said, listen, I'm going to give you apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. And so when you look at this, you see how God's plan is so we would stay engaged uh, serving the Lord. And uh, sometimes uh, uh, people will say, well, pastor, we're so busy. There's always something going on. That's my job. I've used the statement before, if you are where you're supposed to be, you're not where you're not supposed to be. 
If you are doing what you're supposed to do, you're not doing what you're not supposed to do. Oh. You know what? That's God's plan. God knows us. He knows us. Just think about what COVID has done in your own life spiritually. What are we not willing to do now because we've already filled that time with something else? Let me tell you, the buses are coming back. They're coming back. But I wonder if our bus workers are even wanting to get back engaged. Sunday school for the kids or our children's ministry classes on Sunday, they're coming back. Amen. You keep saying amen, but you keep saying amen when we start and be a part. But the thing is, it has impacted us. This shutdown, the changes in schedule, the social distancing, it has impacted our willingness to be engaged. It has caused us to withdraw. And now we don't want to step back in. And, and there is a danger right there. And it's something that all of us have to battle. Every one of us have to recognize our own life. Now, I'm not talking about getting us busy just to burn daylight. No, I'm not talking about that. But there ought to be a busyness, and we ought to be engaged in the work of the ministry. And showing up and sitting in a spot in church is not the work of the ministry. Being engaged in a place of service is the work of the ministry. And you and I are to be engaged. Uh, why? So souls will be saved. So others will be served. Uh, so sin will be silenced. So we will make a difference uh, in the lives of other people. Uh, many, uh, we, we, uh, uh, we don't recognize the importance of our service. You stop and think about just in the last year, uh, the amount of people that have been served saved has has just dropped off unbelievably baptismal waters are not being stirred weekly like they were for years we've had we had averaged over over one person every week being baptized you know with that that, that, has, that has all changed. And now with that, that change, we've got to recognize, hey, we've got to get back at it. We've got to get back at it. And I'm not saying that we're not passing out tracts. What a blessing. I mean, just uh, February, we passed out 6,000 flyers. Praise the Lord. Uh, what a blessing that that was, and uh, being engaged, and our, and our church is a church that, that is busy and serving the Lord, uh, but part of, part of the reason why God gave uh, the pastors, the evangelists, the, the teachers, he gave uh, for the reason uh, of, of uh, perfecting the, the saints, uh, for the work of the ministry, the performing, the doing the work of the ministry, but also uh, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's number three. It is the progressing, progressing, the edifying of the body of Christ. The word edifying there is just building up. And God says that the reason why he has given these offices is so now that the body of Christ would be built up. 
It is the act of bringing something closer to the fullness or completion. To build up, to construct, construction. So for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, I want you to look, look with me here. I said we're going back to school. Look with me at verse number 12. It says, for the perfecting of the saints, what's that punctuation mark? Comma. For the work of the ministry, comma. For the edifying of the body of Christ, colon. Okay, so uh, the punctuation. Now, a comma means and. It is in addition. All right, so we are in a list. We are adding to, correct? It's, this is not an either-or proposition. This is not something where God says, well, you just take which part you like. The Christian life is one where God says, listen, this is my plan. This is my world. You're my people. This is my church. And God says, I'm going to give the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. And I am giving them for this reason, for the perfecting of the saints. Uh, and that means that you and I need to be uh, being perfected. We need to be uh, being brought to maturity. We need to be growing. Uh, and uh, for, the, uh, for the work of the ministry, that means that you and I are to be engaged, working in the ministry. So not just being uh, perfected, uh, but also and growing, but also to be serving for the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying and for the edifying of the body of Christ. The building up of the body of Christ. Now, does that make you feel like God is wanting his church to grow? Amen. It's just going to keep on building. It's going to keep on growing. Jesus said that I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so it is the body of Christ. Now, that next punctuation, though, is a colon. Now, a colon here is going to separate uh, two independent clauses where the second clause is now going to explain the first clause. Am I getting this right, teacher? All right. And so, uh, so here as we uh, have this now, God's saying, I am doing these things, and there's a reason. Let me explain what this reason is for. Okay? So all three of these items need to be done. Now I'm going to explain why they need to be done, and let's look at verse number 13. Till we all come in the unity of faith. Let's read this verse together, uh, verse number 13. You ready? Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now just stop and think about that last little statement, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You know what that tells me? That tells me we got a long way to go. That's what that tells me. That tells me that we've not got there yet. It tells me that just because I've been saved for 30 plus years, I got a long way to go because I have not come to the fullness of the measure of Christ. And you and I, uh, we are to be continually growing and God has given us all of these offices so something can happen and he is wanting us to be likened to the fullness of a measure of the stature of Christ there. And so the first two words it says, till we. 
Now, I've got those two words highlighted in my Bible. Till we, or until we all come, number one, in the unity of the faith. The unity of the faith. You know what? You don't have to like me, and you don't have to like the person sitting next to you unless it's your spouse. Uh, but you, uh, you know, the reality is we should all come together in the unity of Christ. The unity of the faith, it should draw us together. No matter what the personalities are, no matter what the differences are, we should all come together in the unity uh, for the faith, uh, the unity of the faith, until we all come in the unity of faith, till we all come into the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God. The knowledge of the Son of God. And you and I just need to keep on learning because there's a whole, mu- a whole lot more that we don't know about the Lord. Till we all come. It's not till I come. It's not till you come. Till we all come. You know what? The only way that we are all going to come is when everybody is taking the opportunity to help grow each other. The Bible says, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. And you and I, as believers, uh, it is not just coming to church so we can get fed. Though I'm thankful that we can come and, and sit and listen to the Word of God and being preached to and taught and instructed and guided. Uh, that is wonderful, and that's a blessing. But the reality is, we're supposed to be taking what we are given and turn around and investing it in somebody else to help them come along, to help them grow, till we all come. Uh, to the unity of the faith, till we all come to the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God, till we all come into the unity of a mature believer, Christ-like. Christ-like. The same measure. You know what it sounds like to me? This is a lifetime endeavor. There's no retiring. Amen. Amen. There's, there's no time where we just say, okay, been there, done that, got it. We're all co- to continually grow in our faith. Ephesians 4, verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to, re- to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up unto, uh, into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So the Lord is saying, I've given you all these for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, and then he's explaining it with this this colon, till we all come. And then he says, that we be no more children. That we be no more children. Now, when you call an adult a child, we get offended. Paul isn't writing to the kids. He's not writing to the kids. He's he's writing this to the church at Ephesus. And with that, he is writing to adults. And Paul is telling us, he's saying, not only till we all come, but that we be no more children. That we are not immature. What he's pointing out is, there's immaturity. That's not acceptable. 
Amen. That we be no more children. So immature, that we are not weak in our faith. That we are not unable to care and provide for ourselves. Be no more children. You know, we don't expect kids to take care of themselves. We have parents. But Paul is saying, listen, as a believer, you ought not be acting like a kid. And I've given you evangelists, I've given you pastors, I've given you teachers, I've given you apostles, the prophets. That we be no more children. Now, with that, he said the children are tossed to and fro. In, out. Vacillating. Unstable. God's saying that's what, that's, that is the attitude of a immature believer that is the standing uh, of an immature believer is that they're vacillating they are not rooted they're not grounded they're not they're tossed to and fro Uh, he says that they are carried about by every wind of doctrine and now he's going through and he's giving some uh, directives about and showing what these immature uh, believers were like they were they were uh, tossed to and fro they were carried about by every wind of doctrine let me tell you something get off facebook for your doctrine Amen. Get off YouTube for your doctrine. You've got a pastor. You've got teachers. You've got elders. You've got, you've got people that God has placed uh, to give you the spiritual direction. You say, well, pastor, you're just wanting us to follow you. I've got plenty of problems all by myself. I'm not looking for any more. But the reality is, there's too many that are, that are going out to the world. They're going out to some unknown source to try to get doctrine. They're going out to somebody that is not a spiritual director. And that's not part of what God's, problem, or God's plan was. He said, listen, I've given you what you need for that spiritual direction. I've given what you need so you can be effective, so you can be edified, so you can be built up. But you have to be the person that is not going to allow yourself to be vacillating, to be tossed to and fro, to be, uh, to be carried about with every wind of doctrine. You know what? There's so many things that are going through the internet, it's unbelievable. You know what? You hear some, you know, a, a deceiver, they, they don't tell all lies. They tell a lie with some truth around it, around it so it sounds good. It's sort of like when one child comes and tells you about what the other child did. They just left out this pro- pro- problem that happened in the middle. Uh, I, was, I was probably about three years old. I remember this, I remember this event. My brother had a birthday, and he was uh, 18 months older than me, and he got a record player. Now, record players, they, they, you know, they've got these 
these vinyl discs that are about this big, and uh, some of them were small, some more big, 33s. And uh, anyway, he had a record player for his birthday, and he was so excited about it, but he got mad at me. So he went into the bedroom and he grabbed the arm off of his brand new. This is on his birthday. He grabs the arm off of his, uh, his record player, rips it off, and then goes in and tells mom, Carrie ripped this off of my, he broke my record player just so I'd get whooped. And boy, did I get whooped. You know, he didn't tell all the story. Now, I might have done something to him. I don't remember what I'd done, but I remember getting whooped over that one. Uh, and, you know, uh, you know, the deceivers, they are going to do whatever they can to deceive. You know, if you can't read the posts on Facebook without, reading, without doubting your faith, get rid of Facebook. Get rid of Facebook. Well, you know, there's all these articles and they're so good and they're by good people. Then how come you're doubting your faith? I think the, I think the devil is called the accuser of the brethren. And so many of the posts, the posts that are trying to undermine somebody else's faith is just accusing the ones that are uh, historically have been standing for the faith. And they're just trying to undermine it. Uh, what good is that? If it causes you to doubt your Bible and to doubt your spiritual mentors and doubt the people that, that loved you and cared for you and, and nurtured you in your faith. And now you don't trust them because of somebody you don't even know on Facebook? Hello? It's a mess. And God says, listen, I've got a plan for this. I've, I've got a way for you to get what you need spiritually. I have a way to give direction for your life. I've got a plan to help you in your faith. But you have to follow the direction that, that God has given. He says, uh, children are carried about with the slight of men. The word slight there is trickery, misrepresentation, intended to take advantage of a person in some way. That is exactly what that word slight means. You know what? There are a lot of people that are falling away from the faith because they're listening to some deceiver. They're listening to somebody that has not invested in them. They're listening to somebody that is not opening up the Word of God. Uh, they're listening to people that are they're drawing them away. Uh, and he says they use cunning craftiness. It's deceitfulness. The, the actual definition of the word, word means usually characterizing an especially wicked character, whereby they lie, lie in wait, wait to deceive. So God says that he has given us these, these offices uh, that we be no more children, uh, that we uh, may grow up unto him. That we may grow up into him. You know, as Christians, we got to grow up. We got to grow up. You know, if, if you do something, brother... Uh, Brother Rule mentioned it yesterday. If you do something and you don't get mentioned, grow up. It's okay. If Mrs. Brown and I are standing out there shaking hands and you walk out a different door and we didn't shake your hand as you were heading out, grow up. It's okay. Maybe even if you walk right by us and I'm talking to somebody else, 
Don't get offended. It's time to grow up. The devil is using so much to destroy the church. He is, he, is using, uh, he is using the wiles of the devil to try to cause people uh, to have no unity, to try to stir up division, to try to cause problems. And let me tell you, if we are going to follow his plan, then we've got to grow up. We can't be children. We expect children to be children. And just because we are of age does not mean that we are mature. So here he gave these reasons. He gave or these offices. He gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teaching. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the performing, the, uh, the work of the ministry, for the edifying or the progressing of the body of Christ. Why? That we be no more children, that we grow up into him. Now, we expect kids to be kids. If one of, the, one of the babies cry in a service, we sort of expect it. We've got a nursery, but if they cry in the service, they're, they're babies. If a child is a little bit uh, anxious and moving around and we understand the kids. If they get their feelings hurt, we understand. But as you grow up, you start understanding. Hey, there, there's some things that we just can't allow to affect us. It can't change my direction. It can't change who I am. And here the Lord has given these offices to the church expecting that the churches are going to take what they have and now allow them to grow them. And all of us need to be growing in our faith. Let's make sure that we are all coming together in unity. You know, somebody starts creating some division, you know what ought to happen is whoever it, the division is coming to they ought to say, you know what, let's, let's go talk to that person about that. You know what will happen? Oh, no, you know, I, I don't want to talk to them about that. You know what it will do? It will stop it. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Till we all grow up. We've got a ways to go. I wish I could say that I am fully mature. But when we look at the measure that we are to be guiding our maturity, it's against the fullness of the stature of Christ. I don't measure up. Neither do you. We all have some growing to do. And as we have some growing to do, let's do it together. Let's, let's all recognize that I've got a part in this. You have... You have uh, a part in uh, this 
this edifying of the body of Christ. You have a part in helping to grow and to mature, not just yourself, but those that are around you. You have a part in making sure that there is unity. And God has given the plan for that to be a reality, and you're a part of that plan. Let's all fulfill our role as we endeavor to serve the Savior. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for your goodness. And Lord, as, as we go through our own, uh, look at our own Christian life, I pray the Spirit of God would just reveal to us some areas that need to be worked on. And Lord, help us to grow. Help us, Lord, to respond. And, and Lord, to be mature in our faith. And Lord, just continue to work in our lives, please. Grow us, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. The instruments are going to play. The altar is going to be open. And if the Lord spoke to your heart tonight, you respond. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.